0: Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you're joining us. This is part two on Christmas Advent of Joy, and I'm subtitling it, Why Did the Shepherds Have So Much Joy? And we can learn something from those shepherds, and I want you to know that the God of all hope will fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in Him. And when that happens, you overflow with hope. You know, there's a correlation between joy and hope. When your joy is down, your hope goes down. When your joy goes up, your hope goes up. And I want you to know through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be joyful all the time. Now there's a difference between joy and happiness. Joy is much deeper than happiness. Happiness is just based upon what happens in my life. If good things are happening, well, of course I'm happy. If happenstance goes my way, then I'm a happy person. But joy is much deeper than that. You see, joy goes right to the core of who you are. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When I have all of my needs met through the power of Christ himself, Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. When I understand and I tap into the provisions that God has for me, I can't help myself but be joyful. Now, I believe that we are about as joyful as we want to be. Some of you may listen to this message and say, I'm not going to do that. I don't think that's going to work, and I'm not going to buy into it. That's your prerogative. You can choose to be miserable, or you can choose to be joyful. Now, these shepherds, it always amazes me that the angels and God decided to give the message to the shepherds first. And it always amazes me that God sent angels. Now, listen, when God had his most important message to give, that was initiated by the angels. And now through the power of the Holy Spirit, God's most important message is actually entrusted with us that we can share the gospel. You know, God doesn't have the angels sharing the gospel. God had the angels sharing the announcement of the birth of Christ, but then he leaves that up to us when we are born again to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, God chose the shepherds, and they were filled with joy. We learned, firstly, they were filled with joy because they were focused. They knew exactly what they were supposed to do, and then they did it. Listen, when my focus is down, or when my focus is in the wrong direction, I lose joy. So if you're listening today, and you, you say, man, I'm kind of like all over the place. I have no direction. I have no purpose. I want you to know if that's where you are. You're not very joyful. So realign your life, being faithfully focused to what God has called you to do, and the joy will return. It says that the shepherds were living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Paul tells us, set our minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. So we learned first that the shepherds were so filled with joy because they were focused. Number two, the shepherds were filled with joy because they were shockingly surprised. You know, you lose that curiosity factor and life becomes dull. In Luke chapter two, verse number nine, it says, the angel appeared to them, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And then the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were terrified. They were surprised by the appearance of the angel They were surprised by the message of the angels, and perhaps the biggest surprise of all was they were given the news that the Messiah was born, that the Lord Jesus Christ was born. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about fear. Perfect love drives out fear. Because when we're fearful, it's because we're afraid something's going to go wrong. We're fearful of punishment but whoever fears has not been perfected in love. As you think about being surprised by something, I am always surprised at how God always comes through. I was surprised at how God provided during COVID and how he continues to provide during flu season and cold season. I'm blown away by God's grace. You know why I'm blown away by God's grace? Because I kind of know how deplorable I really am, I'm blown away by God's graciousness to me. I'm also blown away by the fact that there's so many people that love me and pray for me and care for me. That blows me away. We had a team praying throughout the crisis of COVID 19. We wanted to continue to worship as a church and to continue to meet and for 97 Sundays we had drive-in church. I did a daily Facebook Live post for over 180 days and didn't miss a day during the COVID crisis because I felt it was so important to try to keep our church connected because I sensed that we were kind of drifting apart as a congregation. So I would get on, do Facebook Live at 8 o'clock every single night for 180 days. When you think about how easy it is to lose your faith, You know, a guy by the name of C.S. Lewis was a great philosopher, strong believer, a strong apologist for our faith. But C.S. Lewis was brought up in a Protestant church in Ireland. Now, as a teenager, he lost his faith. He was turned off by two things boring church services and the problem of evil in the world. However, after returning to Oxford in the post war period, he became perplexed. He was increasingly perplexed by the existence of God and Christianity. He says, how is it that this boring church can continue to thrive and survive? Why can't I explain away the existence of God? Well, after many evening chats with some of his friends, guys like J.R.R. Tolkien and Hugo Dyson, C.S. Lewis finally converted to believe in God in 1929, and he became a Christian in 1931. So you can see there was a progression. First, he believed in God, that there is a God, and then he accepted Christ as his personal Savior in 1931. Well, C.S. Lewis later wrote that he was a very reluctant and a very unwilling convert, but he was compelled to accept the evidence of faith. He wrote a book entitled surprised by joy. And he writes that he came to Christianity kicking and struggling, resentful, and darting his eyes in every direction for a chance to escape. But he also said in that book, after he came to his saving knowledge of Christ, he says, we must never forget. There are far, far better things ahead than anything we leave behind. You see, so many times, We look at this world and we say, well, things are really bad. I can't wait to get to heaven. But I want you to know, I'm looking forward to heaven, not just because things are so bad here, but because things are so much better there in heaven. You know, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the only hell you'll experience is right here in this earth. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, the only heaven you're going to experience is right here on earth. There are far, far better things ahead for those who know Christ than anything that we leave behind. That's why I'm always kind of perplexed as to how to pray for people, especially when they're getting some age on them and and, and their health is declining. And and the family obviously wants me to pray that God will heal them. Uh, But sometimes I know that the greatest healing for them is that they will go on home. Just recently, one of our members called me and said her husband was in the emergency room and the doctor said there was nothing else they could do to help him. And I said to this wonderful Christian lady uh, who I've known many years, and she's getting up there in some years, and, and I says, well, do you want me to pray that God heals him, or do you want me to pray that God just takes him home? And and she says, well, just pray that the Lord take him on home. And there's nothing else that can be done. Uh, he's in a lot of pain, and, and the doctor says there's, there's really no hope of his full recovery, and, and so I just prayed, Lord, would you take him home? You know, within a, a relatively short time, within hours, this man went on to heaven and he was filled with the joy of the Lord. You see those shepherds and they were surprised when the angels showed up and they were delighted with the hope of seeing baby Jesus. Listen, when you begin to lose hope you're going to lose your joy. We look at these shepherds. They were faithfully focused. They knew what they had to do and they followed through with their assignment. They also were shockingly surprised that the angels showed up. And although they were initially frightened, they were filled with joy because they were going to see baby Jesus. But there's a third thing that I see about these shepherds that really helped them to remain filled with joy. And it's found in verse 15. When the angel left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, I love this. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Oh, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go see this baby Christ. In Titus 2.11, it says, the grace of God has appeared. And then there's a comma, bringing salvation for all people. Now, it's important to know why that comma is there. The grace of God has appeared. God's grace appears to everyone. It offers salvation to all those who risk to be determined to receive it. You know, our human brain is not that big, about the size of a softball, not that heavy, about three pounds. And yet within this mind, this brain that God has given us, something new every second of every minute of every hour of every day For the rest of your life, can be created in that mind. You see, God has created us with an unlimited capacity to learn. What that tells me is that we ought to keep learning until the day that we die. The shepherds had no history of the coming of the Messiah, they weren't sitting at the feet of prophets, but yet the angels show up and tell them the news of the coming of the baby Jesus. And what is their response? They determined. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see if this thing has happened. Leonardo da Vinci once observed that the average human looks without seeing, listens without hearing, touches without feeling, eats without tasting, inhales without awareness of odor or fragrance, and talks without thinking but not with Da Vinci. He was a Renaissance man who called the five senses the ministers of the soul. Perhaps known in history, stewards the brain better than he did. Uh, He was famous for his paintings, The Last Supper and the Mona Lisa, but he also was famous for training himself in curiosity. You see, he never went anywhere without his notebooks, in which he recorded ideas and observations, and he would write things down, and his journals would contain the genesis of some of the most ingenious ideas. For example, he envisioned and drew a picture of a helicopter-like contraption, and he also had pictures of a diving suit that he called a robotic knight. Even on his deathbed, he meticulously noticed his own symptoms in his journal. And he did that so that those who would read his journals could maybe figure out what his cause of death was. Now, not his devotion to learning. As a matter of fact, he had 7,000 pages of his journals. Two decades ago, Bill Gates purchased these journals for $30 million. Now, the shepherds had this level of curiosity. They were not simply wanting to know what was happening. They said, we're going to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened. God showed up as a baby, and they were determined to go check it out for themselves. Now, as this Christmas season is in full swing, one of my favorite Christmas music is the Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown was having a terrible time getting into the spirit of Christmas, and so Lioness said, Charlie Brown... You're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. You see, a lot of people turn a wonderful solution into a problem. Voltaire thought that he could disprove Christianity if he refused to believe in it. He was an infidel. He was an infidel of the most pronounced type, and he wrote, I wish that I had never been born, Lord Byron lived a life of pleasure, and he thought, if I could only get enough pleasure, I could find joy and He wrote, The warm, the canker, and grief are mine, and mine alone. Jay Gould, the American multimillionaire, thought that he could find joy in money, but on his deathbed he said, I suppose I am the most miserable man on the earth. Some believe they can find joy in position and fame. But Lord Bakersfield, who enjoyed more than his share of both position and fame, wrote these words. Youth is a mistake. Manhood a struggle. Old age a regret. Maybe you're thinking, I could find joy if I could only defeat my enemies. Alexander the Great, conquered the world in his day. Having done so, he went into his tent and he wept and he says, I'm weeping because there are no more worlds to conquer. Well, where then is real joy? The answer is simple, in Christ and in Christ alone. Let's be like those shepherds. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Well, those shepherds were filled with joy because they were faithfully focused. Uh, They were shockingly surprised that the angels shared the good news of the coming of the Christ. They were decidedly determined, we're going to go to Bethlehem. And then number four, they were rightfully rewarded. Verse 16 of Luke chapter 2 says, so they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and they found the baby who was lying in the manger. If you remember that Christmas-hating Ebenezer Scrooge, he's visited by his deceased business partner, Marley. And Marley bears him a warning. Marley says, I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard. I girded it on my own free will. And of my own free will, I wore it. He says, informing Scrooge that this punishment that he has received will be even greater for Scrooge. Scrooge was then visited by three spirits who show him his past, his present, and his future, and a future death if he continues on his selfish, cantankerous ways. Well, the shepherds were convinced, and they moved to action. I think they were kind of like Abraham of old. They didn't understand exactly how this could be true, but they wanted to go check to see. In Romans chapter 4, we learned that Abraham, against all hope, believed. It made no sense that he was going to be the father of many nations because he was almost 100 years old. His wife was way beyond childbearing age, and he believed. Although sometimes he wavered, but it says here that he believed and he had that hope that he would be the father of many nations. You see, without the hope of Christ, our fate is far more worse than Scrooge could have ever dreamed. The shepherds ran, and they found Mary and Joseph, and they found the baby Jesus. There's a fifth reason, and if we apply this to our lives, even in this crazy upside-down world that we're living in, we can be filled with joy. Those shepherds were focused on their task. They were surprised when the angels showed up. They were determined to go to Bethlehem. They were rightly rewarded. They found the baby Jesus. But number five, they shamelessly shared. What happened? Look at Luke chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. When they had seen him, it's the salvation they see in seeing Jesus, they were never the same. It says they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. Oh, I love that. They couldn't help themselves but to share. Now, an amazing thing I see in this passage. They weren't commanded to go and share. They just couldn't help themselves but to share. I guess it's kind of like, I'm not told that I need to be the number one marketer for Chick-fil-A. Uh, but I talk to people about Chick Fil A all the time. Uh, as a matter of fact, I always kid around and I says, "You know my minivan? I think it has a steering defect. Every time I go by Chick Fil A, my van turns into Chick Fil I love Chick Fil A. I love their sweet tea. Uh, I love their spicy chicken sandwich. As a matter of fact, I kid around by saying, "If there's no Chick Fil A in heaven, I'm not sure that I want to go." Nobody tells me I have to talk about Chick Fil A. It just comes out because. I like Chick fil A. I'm shameless about the fact that I am addicted to their fries and their spicy chicken sandwich. These shepherds, when they confronted and found Jesus, they spread the word wherever they went. Wherever they went. And get this, they were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. In 1 Thessalonians 2, we're given a wonderful reminder. Paul says, And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you and all who believe. Nearly 200 years ago, there were two Scottish brothers named John and David Livingston. John had set his mind on making money. And becoming wealthy, and he did that. But under his name, in an old edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica, John Livingston is listed simply as the brother of David Livingston. Now, who was David Livingston? Well, John had dedicated himself to making money. David had knelt and prayed. Surrendering himself to Christ, he resolved. I will place no value on anything I have or possessions unless it is in relationship to the kingdom of God. The inscription over his burial place at Westminster Abbey reads For 30 years, his life was spent in an unwearied effort to evangelize. On his 59th birthday, David Livingston wrote, My Jesus. My King, my life, my all, I again dedicate my whole self to Thee. I want you to know that we have been given a wonderful opportunity to share the gospel wherever we go. Listen, it's very close to Christmas. What a great time to invite people to come to church. Hey, why don't you come to Hickory Ridge Community Church Christmas Eve at 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock. This year, Christmas is on Sunday. We'll have a Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. Why don't you invite somebody to join you? We're right down the street. We're within 30 minutes of anybody who's listening to me in the Hampton Roads area. Hickory Ridge Community Church, 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. We're the last church you go by before you get into North Carolina. We would love to have you worship with us this Christmas. Well, I've got one final point to make. Number six, those shepherds wonderfully worshipped. This is what I would call awe-based worship. The shepherds returned, verse 20, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I mentioned C.S. Lewis a minute ago, and He wrote a book called The Great Divorce. There have been men before, he said, who got so interested in proving the existence of God that they came to care nothing for God himself. And there have been some who have been so occupied in spreading Christianity that they never gave a thought to Christ. Now, he's not saying, don't be interested in proving the existence of God. He's not saying, don't become occupied in sharing the gospel we've already talked about that importance of shamelessly sharing the gospel but in the midst of doing all that sharing and an opportunity of proving the existence of god wonderfully worship him in second peter 3:18 it says that we are to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be glory both now and forever amen you know one of the greatest poets is Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He wrote the song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Well, I want to start the broadcast tomorrow by telling you about his life and telling you about how that famous, famous Christmas carol, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, I want to give you a brief history of how that became such a popular Christmas carol, but I want to give you the background to that. So please make an effort to join me tomorrow at the same time on this station. But in closing, I want to remind you that we are most joyful because Jesus saves us. We are most joyful because Christ is our Messiah. We are most joyful because the Lord is the creator and the sustainer of all things. Our joy is found in Him. Our hope is found in Him. On Christ's solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Thank you so much for joining us today. If I can pray for you, shoot me a text at 252-267-2365. God bless you. Thank you again for joining me today. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast.